happens when you put joy, superheroes, and a love of all things good and holy together? You get the Guardians of Virtue podcast, designed for saints who want to fight for the most precious of all gifts of our time, virtue. Join your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, that's me, as I discover everyday heroes who all have one thing in common, a desire to fight as Guardians of Virtue for God, freedom, and our families. Let's discover together what it really means to be a guardian of virtue. I am so excited for my very first interview on this podcast. I'm interviewing Haley Clark. Haley is a business owner and clothing designer. She's a homeschooling mom of three kids, a wife to a chef, and most importantly, a disciple of Christ. Haley was baptized as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when she was 18 and has seen God's hand in her life so many times to count. You may have seen her on social media when she shares about the gospel and covenants in Jesus, or maybe you've seen her dancing in swim rompers for her honey mark. Haley loves to spread the good news of the gospel and hopes she can be an example of virtue for those around her, both on social media and in her day-to-day life. All right, let's jump into this conversation. So I was just telling Haley that um, that I'm a crier. <laughs> In fact, I, I gave a talk three or four weeks ago at church and I started crying because I was talking about my parents supporting me as a pianist when I was a kid and how I've gained all these experiences that I wouldn't have had had they not pushed me through the hard parts. And um, I started crying and I just was like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. This is one of my talents and I'm just sharing it with you. <laughs> But you know what I also say? I always say crying is a gift. Like, because some people do not do that. Some people like do not show emotion. And it's a way that we can help bear another's burdens, which we've been like, we've covenanted to do so. So I think that that's really, it's a cool thing to be able to show your feelings, even though I know you're probably like, I'm embarrassed. Well, I I used to get really embarrassed, but like, I've started to just lean into it more because it's, I can't not do it. Like I could tell myself not to, and I will still cry. And right. so I cried at my student's piano recital the other day. <laughs> Cute. Anyways, enough about me. <laughs> I am so excited to really get to know you, Haley. And um, I, I'm really just feel blessed that you've decided to, to do this for me. I um, started really having this feeling like I needed to start a podcast earlier this year and, and it, there's a lot of pushback from me because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to. I was it was overwhelming and and something new. And um, I know I like talking to people, but yeah. like everything else with it was overwhelming. And so when I when you posted that that um, video about, in fact, I have the caption that you wrote the video where you talked about Nephi's boat. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and what's interesting about that is. Um, Earlier that day, I had been working on this room. We were just renovated it. 
and I was painting and I, and I felt like I should listen to podcasts. I I've been like really deep into this book series lately and I really wanted to listen to that, but I listened to podcasts and there's one that's called all in mm-hmm. and um, David Butler was on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Emily Freeman might've been on this one too, but they mentioned something about um, Nephi building his boat and that he didn't know how to do it before. Right. He before he was asked to do it. And I texted my sister and I was like, oh, Nephi didn't know how to build his boat. I don't know how to do a podcast. <laughs> if he could build his boat, I could build my podcast. Mm-hmm. And then that very same day, you posted that video about how, like, that was how you were with your business. Yeah. Nephi built his boat. You yep. built your business. Yep. And like, I, it was t- too much of a coincidence for me to hear that twice in one day. And so then I hopped off of the internet because I was just trying to get stuff done. And I, like 10 minutes before my kids came home from school, I had this impression like I should hop back on and ask my first person to interview. And I was overwhelmed because I, I don't know who, I always was thinking that I wanted to interview you because I, yeah. I liked your modesty post, like the video and stuff like that. But I was just, that scares me. And then I commented on your post and you messaged me and said you wanted to be on the podcast and it just like made my day. So you literally were like, Heavenly Father led me to you. And oh, you're so sweet. And I'm I, very I, grateful for that. I have felt um, like very, very recently. So my account has grown really, really recently, honestly. Like I think a lot of people come to it and they're like, wow, this is cool seeing an influencer talking about LDS things. I'm like, no, no. I was talking about like believing in Christ way. And that's like, that's how my following like grew or whatever yeah. and how people found me. And so, uh, which I love, but what I was praying for before that even happened, and, and it wasn't intentional, but I was praying um, for opportunities and to be open to them. And it was mostly about my business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that God just knows us better than we know yeah. ourselves. And, um, and so I think as much as like I was supported. I'm at a point where I'm like, if somebody asks me to do something, I'm going to do it because God is like giving me opportunities. And so I just saw an opportunity and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Cause I want to support other people and, and having courage, like you talk about. So I'm, I'm so excited to be here for you to talk to me. (laughs) So I guess, so have you, um, had your Instagram for long and like, and have you, always shared the gospel and talked about Jesus Christ on so there? Is it if you, yeah. If you scroll back, um, like, th- like way be- like before my video about like modesty and, and garments and things like that. Um, I have been posting, I started with just like little videos probably a year ago about like do it yourself stuff. Um, so I like designed my own bag and I posted videos about that. But I tried to, I tr- I was trying to post about that, but then put like little things about the gospel in there. Like I'd say things like, well, God made you to create. So like, make sure you're being creative. And mm-hmm. I was honestly, I wasn't really all in with like posting at the time. I think there, it was still a little bit contentious online. I was still a little bit worried about like cancel culture and, um, 
And so I think a lot of the time people think now like, oh my gosh, you're so bold and brave. And I'm like, but I wasn't before. Like, I want people to understand that it's a, it's a process. It's a journey. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, I'm always going to be courageous and I'm always going to be bold. Like, it's just, it's not, it doesn't happen unless you're Elder Holland, because I've heard him say that he has no fear. Like he has no yeah. fears at all anymore. And I'm like, I want to get to that point. Like that's the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. But for me as Haley Clark, you know, like I'm not Elder Holland. And so I, I, I was posting like here and there. Um, And then there was a conference. um, I want to say it was the April conference. And it was, they were talking more about like sharing your light and sharing the light of Christ and and talking of Christ and speaking of Christ, rejoicing in Christ. And I was telling my husband, I was like, I want to do more like on that page that I'm on. And he was kind of like, well, maybe just share like goodness, you know, like you're doing good by sharing your example. And I was like, yeah, but I would... I would wake up and I would like go outside with my kids because, you know, it's springtime. We just go outside and I would start to have all these like thoughts in my head, like little what I thought was like a little mini conference talk, which now is like a people call it like a devotional, right? Like yeah. other non-denominational Christians are like, oh, yeah, like it's my like five minute devotional. I'm like, oh, like that's a, that's a good way to put it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I would just have these little stories and analogies in my head. And I was like, I got to share this somewhere, somehow. And my brain just works in analogies. And so I um, shared one about a story about when I was stung by like a bunch of bees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like so weird, but it's actually it's actually one of my favorite stories. I might have to reshare <laughs> it, but it was like randomly I got like it had like 25,000 views. And I was like, what is happening? Why is this? What is going on? And so then I was like, OK, but it but it wasn't like. LDS people. It wasn't, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Like it was like kind of a bunch of random people, I think, who were like, oh, this is cool. Like Instagram showed this to me, but I'm not going to follow you or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But it gave me the like confidence to be like, mm-hmm. okay, so people like this. So I'll post more. And so, yeah. So pretty much, I think since last spring, I was just posting here and there whenever a thought would come to my head. And I was like, I want to make a video about this. Um, and then I had, I had like maybe 2000 people following me, um, just to watch, you know, to look at the posts and, um, I did, I just didn't really know like what I wanted to do. And then I posted in my stories about finding a dress for family pictures and how hard it is. And I like so many people responded to my direct messages and just were like, oh my gosh, it is awful trying to find a dress. I, nothing is modest, yada, yada. And I was like, okay. And then one of my friends was like, you need to make this into a reel so I can share it. And that's why I, I wasn't even planning on doing that. And um, that video has, I think, like 600,000 views. That's and crazy. That's, that was how things kind of just spiked. And so, yeah, I, I think if I would tell anybody anything about courage, it's that I think it usually happens over time. <laughs> Like it, it, and it takes, I think one person to kind of come to you and say, I believe in you. And I believe in what you're saying for you to continue to go forward. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. It's interesting that you, that you talk about that, that way, because last night we were talking about, we we have this little advent calendar that my mom gave us. And each day we do a different video about Jesus's life and like hang an ornament. I think it's pretty popular on Instagram. I've seen it around. I don't remember who did it, but um, last night was about the boy Jesus and, and in the pro in the children and youth program that we have in the church, um, it talks about how I grew in wisdom and faith and stature and in favor with man, but that he grew like it, it, 
little by little, line upon line, he grew. And, and that's how we do with anything, any talent. And I, and it's been fun to see that in you, um, that courage and you grow. And um, so, so yeah, let's talk about courage a little bit more because um, on this podcast, we talk about virtues. I think you're a guardian of a virtue, specifically courage, courage. Because I love that phrase. I love that you came up with that. It's so good. I did. I didn't. (laughs) I did it. I wish I could come up with. I I wish I could take. uh, I wish I could be the one that did. But I was actually as I was studying about how to come up with this podcast or like how to what to title it and stuff. I came across a talk by Elaine S. Dalton called Guardians of Virtue. And so she talked about it in that. And uh, I've just kind of run with it because like I listened to that and I was like, that's the title of my podcast. I love that. Um, and so each each podcast, whoever I interview, I want to ascribe a virtue. And I've really seen this courage that you've talked about because it's a scary thing talking about the gospel online, especially with cancel culture and everything. And um, and so uh, like, how do, how do you besides like feeling confident after people, so many people watched your videos and started following you. What are some things that you would say that you did to to grow that courage? Yeah, I think it's been an even an even longer process than I think, which I I think is is most of us, right? Um, I I one of your other questions is a little bit about my conversion story, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like what happened even before then, and this actually really ties in. So I'm gonna we're going to kind of go through both questions. Um, but I grew up in a, um, like non-denominational Christian home. We went to an Episcopalian church. My dad grew up Lutheran. I don't really think my mom was religious growing up. Um, we said prayers occasionally, like it was a very casual, like we were kind of like Christmas Christians, you know, where it was like around Christmas time, we hung out at church. Um, and then, when I moved, I moved about 30 minutes away. I found a new friend. Her mom was like a devout Christian. And I went to church with them and she would listen to Christian music in the car. And I would wake up from sleepovers at her, at my friend's house. And she would be downstairs, like with her scriptures open, kneeling on the floor. Like she was, I mean, she was stalwart. And I like loved that. I loved that example um, of just something different than what I had seen um, growing up in my own house. And I've always felt like that was courageous. Like she was a different kind of courageous, if that makes sense. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, this is really interesting. Um, And then when I was 13, I started to learn about the church and it was through friends. And so my family, none of my family um, are members. And um, I really, I, I kind of marched to the beat of my own drum anyway. I always tell people I'm the black sheep of my family, but it's like the opposite of what most people think, right? Because usually you come from like, a very religious strict household. And if you're the black sheep, you're like rebellious. And I'm like, well, I was rebellious in the opposite way where I was like, I'm going to join a church and dress modestly and stand up for commandments and covenants. And my family's like, are you going to live with your boyfriend before you get married? <laughs> That's what you should do. Like it's yeah. very, it's like the total it's I'm the black sheep of my, my family situation. And so, um, uh, learning, starting to learn about a brand new church for me, right. New to me, it's not brand new, but new to me at, at 13, that went against everything else that my family believed. Not not everything, but a lot of what my family, you know, they just didn't, they didn't know, they didn't understand. Um, and I, I had to have courage then to like 
continue going. And so I, again, I think it was very like little by little at the time I was like, well, this isn't really courageous to just like go to church, but it is. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel courageous to like have those friends, but it is like things that you might not think are courageous really are. And like, when you look back, you can be like, oh yeah, like that is, that is full of courage. And, um, I just think by the, by the time I had like learned about the church and then was baptized five years later, which was also very courageous. It was courageous to wait. It was courageous to um, keep trying to learn about it, even though my parents kept saying no when I asked to get baptized. Um, it was courageous to, um, I, I decided to to move to LA and I found a church to go to by myself, like an, an LDS church, like, right? Like I, I didn't have my mom calling me, telling me, let's go to this ward together and we'll find it for you. You know, I, I did that on my own. I, I found a singles ward and, and I stayed really true to my faith, even when I lived in this crazy, I mean, very wicked city full of lots of things that, you know, are not, are not, are very much part of the world, I guess is what I would say. Um, and it was, but it was one of those places where I was like, ah, this just makes me want to like go to the temple. It makes me want to be at church. It makes me want to be around other members who believe in Christ like I do because I, the the world outside was so just not what I wanted to be a part of. And so it took courage to be there too. And so I think all of those things, like it really is, it's a process. It's building up to it. It's, it's a lot of little things that create this courage inside of you. And I, I was persecuted quite a bit um, just by people around me, right? It's like, well, what do you believe in? And why do you believe this? And I've been answering questions since I joined. And so yeah. it it's not, it's not, some days are harder than others, I guess is what I would say. I was gonna say it's not hard, but I'm like, it, it is, it is, it, it still is hard to, to be courageous, but also it's, one of those things that once you know what you know and you understand the gift that you truly have, you want to share it. That's why anytime somebody messages me and says, I'm scared to share, um, first I ask them, well, why? What What are you scared of? And then because once you like write it down, it's kind of like, oh, like that's not really as big and scary mm-hmm. as I like thought it was. Right. Once you put a name right. to it, you're like, oh, you know, why was I scared of that? Um, but also like what's your testimony of Jesus Christ like? Because when you have a testimony of him, that's what you want to share. It's not just like, I'm just going to be this influencer on social media and talk to people about my religion. It's like, no, you have to find your testimony of Christ first and let him fill you and strengthen you. And then it'll be natural. You'll just naturally want to share with other people. Yeah, I agree. I, um, it's, it's so interesting to me. I mean, to me, videos are more overwhelming than like pictures <laughs> and just words. But um, sharing online is, is the way I look at it is like, what's the worst that can happen, right? Like people tell you they don't like you. Right. Yeah. Which <laughs> I've gotten, so, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, I think the fear is that you'll say something that somebody doesn't like. But then, but once, right, like once you say it, you're like, well, that's dumb. Like why, you know, and sometimes I'm afraid of like offending my family members, but also my family members genuinely just don't understand. So a lot of what I come back to is like when Christ was on the cross, he literally asks 
his father in heaven to forgive those that are, you know, around him, like doing this to him because they don't understand. They know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And so anytime somebody comes after me with a hurt, like potentially hurtful comment, I genuinely am like, they don't understand. Like yeah. they can talk to me all they want about how garments, they think garments are stupid. And I'm like, but you don't understand. Like, it's not about my quote unquote underwear. It's about my covenant. And like, it's the same way that I don't understand why somebody wears a hijab around their head if they're part of a different religion. But I'm not going to go to them and say, well, that's stupid because right. I don't understand. You know, right. like it, it's one of those things that I have to remind myself that if they personally attack me, first of all, they don't know me. They don't understand me. They don't understand my beliefs. And then if they attack my beliefs, they don't understand my beliefs. Like, it's just, you have to get to a point where you're like, I'm not, I could be the best peach in the bunch and somebody's still not going to like peaches. And that's okay. Because my validation doesn't come from the outside world. My validation comes from like this sign that I'm giving to God and how pleased God is with what I'm doing. So did that take a long time to get to the point where you like, I don't want to say didn't care what other people thought about you, but like, just kind of let it roll off your back because I'm, I, I want people to like me. Right. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Of course. Knowing that somebody is mad with me or, you know, that I said something that might have hurt their feelings. Like that is the worst feeling in the world. And so like, how did you overcome that? I mean, besides obviously, like you said that, once we believe we want to just share it, um, there's at, at least for me, there's always still a little bit of, ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. and, and there is, I mean, honestly, I want people to like me too. I'm like, yeah, you know, please, I, I'm a good person. And, and I think that that's part of it is you feel like you're like, well, I'm sharing good things. Why don't people like what I'm sharing? Why don't people like me? And then you start to kind of feel crazy and you get quiet. So yes, it has been hard when I, so going back to my swimsuit company, I launched in 2021 and I was pretty confident in posting things about like the miracles that our body is. I was so tired of hearing people like, oh my gosh, I hate my body. And I'm over here like, no, our bodies are a gift. Like we've been taught that, you know, and I I wanted to share that. There was a time when I um, actually was able to complete the young women's, the old young women's program in six months. And one of those um, topics I think was to um, like listen to talks about like the the beauty of your body basically. Mm -hmm. And um and not like the appearance, but just like how amazing the gift of your body is, I guess yeah. is how I should phrase it. And um, so I listened, I think it's a talk by Elder Holland and it was amazing. And I was like, yes, like I want to tell this to everybody. And that was one of the things that kind of fueled my fire. So there's a lot of really great resources to help you feel better about yourself as a, you know, person. So that that's one way, I guess I would say is like one of the, one of the ways I got to the point that I was at about sharing, but when I started sharing in 2021, along with my swimsuits, um, I got a few messages from people that would say, um, I don't really want you posting about God. I don't like when you post about miracles. I don't want you to tell me that my body is a gift. I don't want you to. And I was like, oh, I don't like that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. And I started thinking if these, you know, few, there was like three, I'm pretty sure that I like genuinely remember. But if those few loud people are coming to me. I was like, well, how many other people feel this way? And how many customers am I losing? And it really got in my head because it's my business. It wasn't like my personal page. And I started to feel like I was kind of being intrusive Mm -hmm. and which that honestly, I think is how the adversary gets you. 
because I'm like, I look back and I'm like, but that's not bad. Like, it's not a bad thing for me to tell you that you are a miracle. And it's also not a lie. Like it's, and even if you're not religious, you should be able to look at yourself and say, I am an, like this thing that I have is incredible. It mm-hmm. really is. But like, I think people just don't want to talk about God. And I, I don't know. Anyway. So at that point I, I stopped, I, this in 2022, I was like, we're not going to talk about God anymore. We're not going to talk about, you know, miracles and things like that. And I pulled back a lot, like quite a bit because of what people were saying. And so honestly, we didn't do as well this year as we did last year. We didn't have like the growth that we had. And I don't think it's like a punishment from God. I just think that people didn't find us because we weren't different. We yeah. we were just talking about swimsuits and I was, and we weren't talking about like what actually matters, you know? Mm-hmm. And so honestly, I, I think what you asked me now that I went off on my story um, <laughs> was just like, if if I've like, what, what do I do to like build that Mm -hmm. courage? Right. And I I think it takes practice. I think, um, I haven't say, sorry, I haven't, um, always felt like I don't care what other people think it, it honestly takes time and it takes telling yourself over and over again, that this phrase of, I am not in charge of other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. I am not in charge of the way other people react. I am not in charge if somebody else gets offended. I am only in charge of me. I am in charge of my reactions. I'm in charge of my emotions. I'm in charge of how I perceive and take things in. And what I say could have two completely different effects on two completely different people. And that's not because of me or what I said. It's because of how they took it. And Mm -hmm. that's, it's really hard. And again, I think it's something that Satan does. He makes us think like, no, you have to take care of everybody. But I'm like, you, you literally cannot do that. I could tell somebody that staying true to your covenants will change your life. And this person on this side over here is like, yes, I agree with you. You're amazing. This is awesome. And this person over here could totally be like, this is going to ruin my life. You should talk like that. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's not because of me or what I said. It's right. because of their situations, their perspectives. And so you've got to get to that point where not that you don't care about other people, but you understand that somebody else might not understand and you are not in charge of their feelings as much as they want to make you believe that your words are harmful or hurtful or hateful. Right. You have to realize you have to, that's that's why we've been asked to discern truth from error. We have to decide, well, is this truthful mm-hmm. and, and that truth hurts your feelings or am I truly talking about something that is really hurtful and awful and, and things like that? Right. And like at the end of the day, what matters most, right? Like what Heavenly Father wants us to do. And so like, if he's impressed it on our hearts to share this, then like we have, like it, it's, it's, we've covenanted to do that <laughs> no matter the sacrifice. Right. And and I've seen the good that has come from doing that where a lot of people focus on the bad and it is hard. It's hard to wake up and you see negative comments. And, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm like, the good always outweighs the bad. You could completely change somebody's life. You could inspire dozens or hundreds or thousands of people because of something you feel brave enough to say. And those three people who message you could be like, stop talking about that. And you could yeah. let those people get to you, but you've right. got so many of, you've got this over here that is right. like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? Like, yeah. 
it's just, it's something that I, I just can't imagine if the prophet got up and said like, well, I'm nervous to say this because, you know, I'm worried about people's feelings. Like he is, he cares about us, but because right. he cares about us, he's going to share the truth. Like, because he Absolutely. cares about us, he's going to share um, what things that Christ taught and, and right versus wrong and all of, all of that. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So I haven't even, this has been so awesome. I've hardly even looked at my questions. We've been, we've been covering them like as we go, but yeah. I like, I, yeah, I read them again right before. So I'm like, Thank yeah, you. good. We're, we're on the right track. Oh yeah. I appreciate it. Like, uh, uh, they say for podcasting, you have to have questions, right? And so I feel like you're talkative enough and I'm talkative enough that I'm like, we probably, it's good to have like an outline, but yeah. it's, I wouldn't like worry about it because I also think the spirit's really, really good at like directing and guiding what needs to be said. Yep. He is yeah. so good at that. Um, so, so you said that, that, uh, since you stopped sharing about like miracle of your body and all that stuff, your business has hasn't grown as quickly as last year. Um, do you see that there's been an uptick the last couple months with with the growth on your Instagram? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and honestly, more on TikTok, which is really funny. Um, I know it's I TikTok is so it's such a weird thing. And and what was really funny is last year, I just I think God honestly he, he's so funny. <laughs> I know I say that, but I'm like, we, I had a couple instances that were like, they were really similar to each other where like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my pumpkin seed story first. Um, but that I know that sounds weird, but we, so last fall, maybe it was the fall before, I guess we had pumpkins. We threw them in our backyard and we had like, maybe like five. And I was like, whatever. We threw them into like our compost area um and like ran like I literally threw them like I know it sounds weird but um then come the spring we are like planting we decided to plant a whole garden with like cantaloupes and whatever and I started seeing these random leaves coming out of the compost and me I was like it's six months later I had no memory of throwing the pumpkins in there they have planted their own seeds Mm -hmm. like in the compost whatever and we had like a massive amount of pumpkins unintentionally so I was like what is happening um and I just think God kind of does this funny thing sometimes where he's like here you go like you tried you know you thought you planted some seeds maybe you didn't I don't know I'm just gonna give them to you and I did the same thing with my TikTok that when we first launched swimsuits I um put like four videos up one night. I was like, TikTok stupid. We literally had zero followers. I woke up to like 20,000 followers on TikTok the next morning. Ooh, and I posted them at like midnight because I was like, whatever, I don't understand this thing. And I woke up and I was like, what is happening? And one of our videos went viral. I was like, what is going on? Um, And then this year, yeah, it's like, it's been, yeah, slower. I And I, I didn't really know what it was. And then I posted some video. I think it was right before I actually posted that viral video on Instagram, the one about like the garments. And anyway, it's kind of the same thing. I totally unexpected. And it has like 2 million views. And I was like, what? Like we and we had a crazy uptick in selling swimsuits in like end of September, which is unheard of in the swimsuit industry. You don't sell swimsuits at the end of September. Your season's totally done. And so that was really, really cool. And I do think it was around the time that I was praying for opportunities. Um, It's just it. It's a really interesting, interesting time. I guess I didn't really tell that story. I, I was telling you, Elisa, before we started recording, but that 
I was, I've been, um, before my Instagram account grew, I was praying for opportunities. And maybe that's something that I would tell people too, is like, rather than praying for like, I think people pray for specific blessings, right? But I, I wouldn't pray for like, I really want my following to grow, right? Like that, that it doesn't, you know, it's not a very like humble request. It superficial, right? like, yeah. It does, it does sound superficial. And that's, I, I have in my bio that I'm not worried about my following. I'm worried about like his following. I worried about Christ's following. And that's what I really want to portray. And I know I've talked a lot about like how my following has grown, but it's because I, I'm trying to convey this message of like, people want this. People want other people to share. Like they want to feel like they're not alone. And it, it has blown my mind how this has grown and how we have like gathered together is really what I would rather say. Rather than a following, I would love to talk about how we, we have, I have t- more than 20,000 people gathered in this space, which I think is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't, they're not following me. They're following, they're genuinely are followers of Christ and they're just yeah. here to listen and, and talk. And, and it's, it's a really great thing. Anyway, sorry, that was a total tangent. Well, and um, I think, I think with that really fast is I think that that's part of how the gathering of Israel is happening. I do too. On, online. Yeah. Because the gospel can be shared to absolutely everybody. Right. Yes. Yep. Pretty, it's been amazing to see, and it's been amazing, I would say, just in the last year where where people have like taken their heads out of the out of the dirt like ostriches do, you know, after COVID and and um decided that that it's okay to to really start sharing and um being bold about about the gospel. Was it yesterday or the day before that when you were you shared like a ton of DMs about people really feeling this like sense of urgency for like being a warrior of mm-hmm. like be like really really being bold and um being a warrior for Christ. Yeah. And um and and seeing that I was like okay I I'm not the only one. Yes. But, but yeah. the people the I think part of the problem that we've had is that the people that um aren't like that are louder. Yep. And so we've not felt like there was anyone else. And so now that God is literally moving the the quiet people to the forefront, we, the, the gathering's going to happen faster. Yep. <laughs> and we're all going to feel, feel like, like there's more people like us than there's not. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I, I think that th- it is happening. Like I have seen quite a few like smaller accounts, right? Like smaller people who have like a smaller following, but I'm like, but there's, there's power in the, like, it's a different kind of numbers game, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. not like this one person has a hundred thousand followers, but she's not posting truth. It's like, there's a, there's a dozen people who can reach out, you know, they reach a bunch of different people and they have this truthfulness about them. And so people are going to be drawn to them, right? I have people um, from the Philippines that follow me. I've had people who are, um, a girl reached out to me just the other day and was like, I love seeing, she used the term Mormon, right? Which I don't Mm -hmm. love saying that, but to quote her, she said, I love seeing um, my Mormon friends um, talking about this, you know, the the coming of the second coming of Jesus Christ and preparing them for that um, as I'm a non-denominational Christian, but I love seeing that you're doing that. And I was like, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. And I'm so glad you're not like unfollowing me just because I talk about garments. Right. So like there, there is this like shift, there's this gathering going on. I, I think to your point, if we really want to get into the influencer thing, which I don't love 
doing. Um, but it's it it was again a kind of a, a different shift, I think, where you had these influencers, these who started out as like the Mormon mommy blogger mm-hmm. crew, right? right. Right. And I I had a, a few friends who were like a part of that. So I feel like I watched it from the beginning. And yeah, and I was I was in that world or I was like I'm on social media all the time because I grew. We were in this millennium millennial, you know, mm-hmm. phase. And um, I, I literally watched them grow as the Internet grew, as Pinterest came about, as Instagram got bigger, as other social media platforms grew. And they they went from uh, like I'm a an LDS influencer to sometimes I post about Sundays, sometimes I don't. Right? It was like there was a time when I feel like all of them were posting like here's our Sunday family picture, and I was like that's so cool, like yeah. keep doing that, that's awesome. And then it like totally kind of fizzled out, right? And I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know if it was before that. I don't I don't exactly know when it happened, but it does feel like right after COVID, you didn't see that as much. Mm-hmm. Although I have also seen some that didn't because they were afraid, but they've started to yeah. a little bit. Yes. Like, yes. Big influencers, which is right. exciting. I'm like, yes, I'm cheering yeah. you on. <laughs> yeah. I love following um, Corinne from Mint Arrow. Okay. She's I don't know. Oh, she is amazing. And she's one, her story is really, really cool where um, she stopped. She was like mostly just a fashion blogger. She stopped talking about her religion. And then one, she's basically was like one day the spirit was like, you have to talk about this. Like we have, like it, it needs to happen anyway. And now she talks about it all the time. Like that's mm-hmm. what her like account is all about. And I love that. Like she still has a fashion account, but she has become such a beacon of light and hope. And I'm just, I like, I'm absolutely, I I love her so much. So I'm just grateful for her and for how she has been so courageous in a time when I think a lot of people are just like, I can't do that, you know, but she's shown people that you definitely, definitely can. So anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. I have two questions that I want to ask. I feel like that's where we need to go next. Sure. Um, That I plan on asking everyone I interview because because I love these kind of questions um the first one being um like I've said before I um I really feel like you're a guardian of courage I feel like you give people um the almost permission to be courageous online um when people haven't before like we've been talking about and um And Jesus is the ultimate example of everything. So um, if you were to pinpoint a story or multiple stories where Jesus was a guardian of virtue, I mean, a guardian of courage in particular, what would you choose? So tough. (laughs) I know. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, so watching The Chosen, I think, has really made Christ so much more real to Mm me. Um, and which I absolutely, I love that. Um, honestly, the, the, like the main story for me is, um, on the cross, Yeah, right? Like that, I think that is the ultimate story of courage. Um, and, and really faith, I think courage and faith really tie in together and I'm sure you're probably like but that's a different virtue and I'm like I know I know I know but no, but, but they're do- all interconnected yes yeah because because really I feel like my courage comes from the faith that I have mm-hmm. in Heavenly Father and in Jesus Christ like 
that's where my courage comes from because it's not courage in me, right? right? It's courage in them. And knowing that like, as long as I'm following what I'm supposed to do and do it in righteousness, they're going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Like my needs will be met as long as I'm like, this is for you, you know? And so I think I just, I, I can't, uh, thinking about him on the cross and, and just like, he had to have been at his lowest, but also sometimes that is when you're, you're most courageous is when you're at your lowest and you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. Like sometimes that is the time when you are the most brave. Right. And, and I, I wonder if he experienced any form of fear on the cross because courage is, is that you do it in the presence of fear, right? Like, and I could only imagine what it must have been like to to be there and to realize that, well, he's going to die right now, you know, like, um, and then I feel I'll, I'll add on there that it took courage to forgive everyone. Oh, like, yes. How hard I, I find it hard to forgive people when right. they've wronged me, whether they intentionally did it or not. Like <laughs> so yeah. for him to say that when they like literally killed him is is big. Absolutely. So much courage to push through everything he was going through, right? And and I'm kind of I, I'm sure he felt alone, right? Like just to yeah. have nobody to, you know, like I just, oh, there's so much that I just, I have so many questions for him. I know people are like, I have questions. I'm like, I just have questions for Jesus. Like, yeah. I just want to know, like, really, what was it like? Like, you know, just, yeah. I, not, I were, can't imagine. I was yeah. talking about that with my husband last night. Like, at what point did he really realize, you know, like, I mean, he always knew he was going to sacrifice right. himself. But like, at what point did he really, truly realize? Was it when he asked for the cup to be taken from him, but it right. wasn't? Like, is that when he was like, oh, <laughs> like, this is what that means. Like, was that right. part of the line upon line thing? I, but yeah, it, it was a courageous thing to do all of that. And right. aren't we so blessed because of his courage? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine not having that to lean on? No, no. Like, that's <laughs> the cannot. basis of my whole life, right? Like yes. knowing knowing that because of him, I can have, like, I have the power to change and become better. Yeah. And, without, and to have that courage. Without that, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> All the yeses. <laughs> he is the example of everything. That's that, not the thing is I'm like, he's, he's exactly who I want to be is like, mm-hmm. it, no matter what other people are doing or saying, and maybe, and maybe that's why it's hard to pinpoint a, a story because you could say his most courageous time was when he performed the first miracle, when he turned water into wine, because yeah. he knew that was the start of everything. He knew yeah. like, and he started the end in some right. ways, you know, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very. I, and, may, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's the story, because it's like he knew I, I, everything that would lead up after that would was going to be hard and scary. Right. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe our our most courage, our most courageous moment is in the very beginning when we have to say, I'm going to do this, even though I know what's coming next will be hard. It will test my limits. It's going to test my patience and my strength and my testimony. And it's going to take a lot of faith and a lot more courage to keep going. But that maybe that first step is the most courageous step. So maybe that first miracle that he performed, maybe that's it. Maybe it really is like that's when he was the most courageous. Great thoughts at the beginning (laughs) and and, and essentially at the end, right? Like Mm -hmm. kind of both. Um, because you have to have that full amount of faith. In both I've never ways. thought of, of the 
turning the water into wine is like a courageous thing. I just always just was like, oh yeah, that's the first miracle. Right. But Which, yeah, I, again, the chosen portrays it where he, he's talking and, and this is, there's a lot of liberties taken, right. But he talks to his mom and he's like, this isn't the time, you know, yeah. like this, this is, you know, I'm at a wedding. He's probably like, I'm just here to have fun. Yeah. And like, no, like if not now, when, mm-hmm. and, and again, total liberties, like who knows what was actually said, what the situation actually was. But if you really think about it, I get a lot of people that are like, how do I start? Right. Yeah. I mean, very similar to your situation with the podcast. It's like, I, I don't want to take that step forward because you, you get in your own head. You start to think like, well, this might happen and this could happen. And, and I think there's, there's both, there's this fear of being, of it not working out. Mm-hmm. And there is a fear of it working out mm-hmm. better than you could have ever imagined. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you get in your own way both times. And so it takes courage. I think actually from the very beginning, I really, I'm like changing my answer. I would go well, back. And like, that. you, 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 you don't know what the outcome's going to be. Like Absolutely. Heavenly Father can ask you to do something and you, you could hope that it's going to be successful, but maybe it won't be. And maybe just the active obedience is the important part. So, you know, like, so there is, there is a lot of courage in taking the first step in whatever you feel called to do. Yeah. So, okay. My last question for you. Um, I really, one of my biggest goals with this podcast is to pay it forward. And, um, and what I mean by that is, um, this is an opportunity, my invitation to you to, um, pick someone either past or present, someone from the scriptures or someone, you know, or someone in history who you feel like, um, was a true guardian of courage and, and tell me why this is one of those, like, getting to know you questions. Who's your favorite? (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. Um, Okay. Is it a cop out if I say President Nelson? No. Is that? No. That's he. And on, it's probably every prophet, right? At this point, (laughs) just the courage. Cause I, you just don't realize the courage that they really have though, until you start to be the one to share about Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, But his courage is something that I've seen come through um in re- in rereading all of his talks and his messages that have happened even before he became the prophet that's what i'm doing right now it's part mm-hmm. of my study um and he just has so much courage it, in the lord if that makes sense like it's i mean i'm sure it does but he, um the way he talks about going like doing things and putting in the work and taking that first step and like doing what is right and following truth and he's just been here for almost 100 years. And I just think it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. And it must take courage to wake up every day. And like, he has to know things that we can't even imagine. And he still presses forward. I The courage that he has just amazes me. Well, and could you imagine like in 100 years, the world has changed a lot, right? Like, it's become 180 bloody <laughs> wicked right like since yeah. he was a kid and so to like wake up and still have hope and joy even seeing all of that yeah, yeah. it is a yeah. courageous thing yeah. and also to give your whole life to the lord right right your Again, whole life your whole literally your whole life well and i think um he, i mean first he was a heart surgeon right it takes courage to follow the Lord and trust in, you know, whatever, whatever that plan is and being a surgeon. 
And then it takes courage. He talks a lot about death and how he's had to tell a lot of people that your loved one did not make it still in mortality. And so he has to have this courage to be able like to kind of be around death, like quite a bit. He's actually been um, taught or like under, he's been under 11 of the previous 16 prophets. That's so crazy. 11. I'm like, that's unreal. But, but he, I think has learned so much courage from them and what they did, but also to to be a member, to be a leader of the church, that just takes courage. Like that is, that is it right there. When you and- know people will hate you. Yeah. Yeah. People will hate him because he's right. a prophet. Right. And again, I wonder how much courage. So similar to the choice that Jesus made of converting the water into wine. I wonder if President Nelson's most courageous moment was when they called him to be yeah. Um, you know, that very first, whether it was the bishop or stake president, or mm-hmm. maybe it was when he, cause he's a convert too. So maybe it was the day that he decided to convert. Like, I would love to ask him what his most courageous moment felt like. Yeah. Because I think sometimes it really is the very first thing that you do that, you know, this is going to absolutely change my life. Cause it sets the path for everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know his stories, right? Like when he took all of the bottles of alcohol in his yes. and like crashed, you know, like smashed them everywhere. Like I could imagine, like he must have been scared of his father. Like what? Or, right. Or like being in surgery and seeing this new, new surgical procedure, like through his head as he's doing the surgery and being like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Right. And hopefully it turns out okay. Like, right. but I really feel like I'm going to do need to do this. It's all that stuff. Yeah. It was just crazy courageous. And yeah. so I agree. He is a guardian of courage. And I just wanted, I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you so much for giving me your time and for talking to me about, about courage and, and this, like just being a guardian of virtue in general. It's a really big a big deal. It's really important that we have people be that. And so thank you. Yeah. Well, you are doing great. I really, really mean it. I know the most courageous step is the first one. So you are doing it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Guardians of Virtue podcast. Please don't forget to give us a follow. And if you have time, please leave a review. Peace out, dudes.